0: Enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Shlomi Ron. I'm the CEO of the Visual Storytelling Institute, uh, based here in sunny Miami, Florida. Uh, We are all about uh, bringing the gospel of visual storytelling from the world of uh, art into marketing. And I do this uh, by helping brands rise above the communication noise through visual storytelling uh, consulting, training, and thought leadership. Uh, If you want to check out uh, for more information, visit uh, visualstorytell.com. Today's topic is uh, something that uh, I'm really excited about. You know, when you think about visual storytelling, it could be pretty much any media format from infographics, videos, to even VR. You know, the design style is very important. You can take it to a very minimalist where you are really very conservative on details in order to bring up the focus, or you can take the other way where you use the maximalist approach and you just bombard your content with very bright colors, very busy. If you think about, you know, the surfing or the grunge culture, these are all kinds of maximalist uh, examples. So to help me out with this uh, exciting topic of what, what is minimalist video i have a very uh, great uh, guest today he's really one of the dominant voices in content marketing visual storytelling brand storytelling i'm super excited to have george hammer the former chief content officer of ibm welcome to the show george
1: hello thanks for having me i'm excited to be here uh virtually joining your institute so yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, so before we jump right in, I really want to step back and maybe kind of if you share your backstory, because I think you have a fascinating uh, background, if you kind of remember, you know, that magic moment that kind of, uh, you know, we call it in storytelling, that inciting incident that made you want to focus on content storytelling.
1: Yeah, well, I'm actually, I'm at my parents' house. So I'm not a lawyer or a doctor, but I. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wondered initially. Yeah.
1: Oh, and, you know, uh, last time I was here, I went uh, up to my old room and looked at some of the, my stuff from my childhood in boxes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was a very interesting thing as you're kind of unboxing your past yeah and when I was doing that, I started finding things and one of the things I found was um, a piece of art where I think it was first or second grade, I won a contest for the best hand-drawn turkey oh, Thanksgiving, wow. right? so it was <laughs> kind of like explain you know kind of show show uh, what Thanksgiving means to you. So I had a turkey and some other things in there and the yeah corner. and and uh, and I was th- th- thinking about you know even back then, to tell a whole story in, in a picture, and it was something I guess that um, inspired me. I liked yep. the challenge. It was a yep. good challenge. And then, and then even think further, I would see uh, uh, there was a you know colored construction paper comic book that you had to make of your uh, telling your life story, and mm-hmm. then what you want to be when you get older. And yep. It was funny, I didn't become the fireman, but I did get the yellow lab that I actually thought I was going to have. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. But th- those images to describe what your future may be was was mm. uh striked an emotional core probably more to me than if I would have wrote a letter. Right. And, uh, and then so I just, and also the, the hum- humanity behind seeing someone's handwritten thing, uh, hand-drawn thing,
0: right. rather than
1: computer-generated or or just words. And that is uh there's things that you can convey in that. So I guess my creative journey started from the beginning. Um you know in in, in I I've, it's always been innate to what I do. Uh, mm-hmm. but most of everyone's forced to take handwriting classes, uh, yeah. English and all literature and you read books and um I think over time you spend more time focused on the written word than Mm -hmm. the actual design aspect of storytelling. And, uh, that's, that's a, that's a shame, but what I loved about how I kind of was shocked back into thinking about this differently is when I was taking improv classes at living in Chicago, Mm -hmm. a lot of the exercises in, in training and developing is, um, doing things that, doesn't have words
0: like guided imagination probably right
1: yeah yeah there was one exercise I distinctly remember which is you you two people stayed on opposite sides of rooms and Mm -hmm. the closer you get to each other based upon your impression your expression look at each other your emotions go from like a zero to a ten and so you have to go up and down the emotions and you're telling a whole story and and relating to other people based upon the way you look at each other and that was that was a that was a tough challenge um but then it made me realize that there's so much people would sit there and watch this for like a minute and a half unfold and (laughs) and, and you're like wow so you know i think that that's powerful and then i translate that to when i started um i did a i I was working for mayor bloomberg for a couple years in new york city helping yeah helping turn around new york city public schools Uh at that point i realized that the the good teachers were having a tough time finding jobs and they changed jobs every two years. And in fact, many of them actually left the profession because of this. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find a way to help good teachers stay because our kids- sending
0: the story, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, myself and a few other people uh, pitched a new venture idea. We raised some funds and we, we launched this company, which was a, a LinkedIn for K-12. Mm-hmm. And it did really well. And that was the point where, not only did I have to use storytelling to just, you know, uh, tell stories, mm-hmm. but I actually had to do it to acquire an audience because uh, there was business implications right. behind it and, yep. and money behind it, right? Exactly. So, yeah, and so that's when I, I learned the power of testing, but I also learned the power of that not just words matter, but colors matter. Yeah, softness, every uh, everything to a brand identity and aesthetics kind of matter. Um, Absolutely. and, uh, it mattered for acquisition, which is the, all the performance marketers out there think about Right, it. right. but it matters for a long-term brand building and engagement. And mm-hmm. so that was, uh, you, you know, the, the next stage of my, uh, creative journey. Got Got and it. I took other, other paths, you know, I went to yep. some, uh, media agency for a while. I worked yep. at Discovery Channel for a while because I love, uh, Discovery Channel's content and um went back to a digital agency because i wanted to move discovery was tv first back then now they're digital with discovery plus i wanted to become a digital expert so i went to Digitas, um and i ended up at ibm because ibm was a company that and still is a company with an amazing 110 year plus story absolutely Um, yeah but but for some reason the brand um was losing and uh and uh and I you think need to
0: refresh the story.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, so, but it has amazing staying power. It has a great brand, and it yeah. has people behind it that care.
0: Yeah, and if for sure.
1: People, all right, I must have run the won the lottery there. So um, yeah, yeah. So there's good people behind something. You know, that's that's uh there. There was an opportunity there, I think, to to help, and so uh, and you uh, build
0: pretty much the the entire content organization. Uh, for IBM, which is quite amazing, and I can attest, you know, as a former IBMer myself, I know you know how it's like to work uh, in the corporate headquarters and, be, and kind of branching between the software side to the hardware side and uh, creating really meaningful content, SMEs, and all, all that uh, operations with vendors and global teams. It's a really fascinating uh, dynamics, I think.
1: Well, the interesting thing about a brand that does services as well, mm-hmm. you're you're selling people on top yep. of products, right? And so those people um, are some of your best storytellers, and they're mm-hmm. actually a distribution vehicle for you too. Yeah. And so we didn't we had we didn't have a content practice. We had a bunch of people making stuff. Yeah. right? And uh, and I didn't want to just turn that off completely because those people represent the brand Mm -hmm. Um, so first we try to to just uh set the standard for greatness and inspire people to follow that greatness train and enable everyone and then start building up the practice of expertise so that Mm -hmm. when people saw that um that I could work with this team over here to build great content Mm -hmm. um and that they're not just taking it away from me they're working yeah to make it then that that created that that flow of, of that makes sense partnership between global businesses and geos because yep. in a company with three hundred sixty thousand employees yeah i'm sure i'm sure many of the other people who work in companies out there have the same issue there's this weird silos and com- competition between those three different groups and that dynamics has lasted the test of time, but it, it's destructive when it comes to storytelling for a brand.
0: Yeah, and also I know that uh, there's also the, you mentioned the NGOs, the, the GOs, that basically you need to also localize your content. That's another challenge, you know, it's you coming with the idea at the global level, but you need to localize it. So there's a lot of uh, work with the local teams to make it happen.
1: Well, and uh, a great story globally, uh, what might totally fall apart? Obviously, visually, uh, locally, yep. we created um, uh, a way to create localized creative at, mm-hmm. uh, at scale. I called it versioning as a service. Yeah, right. How? What would it? What would the world look like when a SaaS model applied to versioning content locally, um, but not just words or images but yep. context and everything yeah and that versioning as a service create a standardized menu and pricing and approach and time schedule schedule because without that our average time well sometimes in some countries <laughs> sometimes in some countries it could take up to 47 days to localize a piece of creative yeah that's ridiculous yeah and, and you know we were we were able to get down to five to ten days on oh wow average. that's amazing um, and I think by focusing on it as a craft versus just uh, um, making it part of everything else.
0: Yep. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. So before we kind of uh, focus specifically on minimalist video, I always like to start uh, with a typical question I ask all my guests, uh, really at the first level. What is uh, your definition for visual storytelling? <laughs>
1: Well, I think um, almost everyone, except for the people who can't see, almost mm-hmm. everyone sees stories. Um, and even other people see, but just use their other senses. So any type of storytelling is sensed and seen and felt. Uh, visual storytelling um, is additive and sometimes is the main way in which to convey yep. story. So to me, my definition is, um, a way to uh, to have defined characters and plot and make them stronger mm-hmm. um, through using all the various mechanisms to tell stories and visual being one of them. Um, and visual, uh, it, it's it, yeah, if you do ask 10 different people that some might say, oh, it's infographics and graphic design, yeah. other people yeah. might say, well, it's a video and they, they go to format first. But I, I just think it as a visual storytelling. It's a component. Is a is a component in which to convey a story across mm-hmm. any media.
0: Yep. Awesome. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think I would even stretch it to say sometimes you know even a audio stories like podcasts consider visual stories because you bring up uh, the visuals in your mind. You know the theater of the mind. So you should not uh, just reserve it to you know the classic visual formats
1: and- 100% agree I mean that's I I watch I listen to podcasts I watch podcasts yeah I listen to podcasts in the car on trips yeah because it stimulates my mind and I exactly. see even while I'm staring at a boring road a highway going across. exactly
0: yeah so,
1: so I think I'm not alone there and I think uh if people you know that's cool that you bring it up like that I haven't heard anyone say it that way but it is it, it it's 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 a way it's, it should almost be like visual storytelling is a way in which stimulates visual images in your brain.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. So when we speak about uh, minimalist video, let's say uh, first uh, set the stage, how do you define it? And, and I listened to a really great, uh, uh round table where you participated. Uh, I think it was a brand storytelling round table where you, uh, talked about there are two types of content those that are sales oriented and the other one it's more artsy high purpose so maybe you can re- reference that in your definition
1: <laughs> uh, let, let me yeah, i guess let me tell you about the challenge uh, that we have at ibm i don't know if it's unique to others out there but yeah. um in the b2b world or at ibm we have we we have really great product marketers spend a lot of time really understanding their audience their product messaging Mm -hmm. and we don't really have real deadlines our deadlines are driven by some pr deadline or gm speaking on stage announcing something right right? i think apple doing an announcement about a new phone a new feature a new thing yeah and sometimes uh that the product team is still changing what what we're announcing are often mm. almost up to like the day of. Wow. And not all the time, but sometimes this happens. And so what I found is almost all marketers want to do great creative, great storytelling, mm-hmm. great, great, build a campaign they're proud of and show their kids and, and, and win awards on that type of stuff. Right. There's, there's stuff that holds us back. And in many companies that are product-led, that have, that are, have yet to be brand and uh, more audience-led, more like mm-hmm. uh, the CPG's of the world. Yeah. Um, there's a problem where it's like the time, it doesn't exist sometimes to, uh, to do great storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so that's when the, 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 the partnership between sales, product and marketing has to be strong. And I think marketing as a craft just needs to be elevated to this, at the sweet, at the at the board, C-suite level, just across all companies, just to just to have that ability to say, we're not going out with something just because we can. We should go out when it's ready, and we should. And so there's that one. There's the the challenge of okay, yeah. That's what we end up. So to full circle, that's why we end up with a bunch of words. It's a bunch of garb gar- garbage and jargon. That's essentially not very compelling. It's yeah. it's a marketing message and marketing messaging is not uh storytelling and so that is that that's a, a challenge uh we faced the other challenge is that um sometimes what you, we think is interesting um, isn't that interesting right? it's like a, a new feature a new thing that isn't that compelling but because brands feel like they have to make news or have to say something mm-hmm. and have to be fresh they do it um so there needs to be a stronger filter and emphasis on uh, is this is this really worth uh telling um and sharing good reason yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so i think that those are a couple uh things that kind of um or challenges that to great visual storytelling is is the time and the purpose
0: right right so when you kind of we think about those challenges you just described you know where do you place or how do you define the minimalist video which is just another tactic obviously in a your arsenal of ideas
1: yep well i I think whether you do minimalist video or not a great way to to train your team and into thinking uh creatively Mm -hmm. is to give them a, a a further a a defined sandbox to play in, because if you can come up with great ideas in a small sandbox, think about how big you can make them when you expand the sandbox. What I mean by that is interesting. You, your team, um, the 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 traditional relationship agencies have is like a writer designer combo, the little team, right? When you give a writer a child a brief, they're going to write stuff. When you give a designer a brief, they're going to design things, and they bring they're supposed to bring these things together. Yeah. But what if the brief was to come up with the idea without any words and what would that story be? Hmm. The writer still has something to write. You're just, you're just uh, t- talking about more of like the backstory, the emotions, what am I supposed to be feeling doing along that story journey? And if you do that, it kind of gets us out of the laziness or the rush that we end up in sometimes. And I'm saying I'm not saying creatives are lazy or my team anyone's lazy. Yeah. it's just the easiest thing to do, and the crutch that we all come back on is let's write a script with tons of words and then a montage of images over it. Right, and and, and I could tell you one thing is like that is not compelling to anyone, um, and. And I used So to, how do you
0: start actually when you say you give them constraints or small sandbox? What kind of guidance do you give them to create, let's say, a minimalist video if yeah. you take this example?
1: Create a six-panel six storyboard board with no words. What is that? What is that? What is that entire video with, with, with in six panels with no words? No and, words. And, and but you what, give them like
0: a mission, what is the content purpose, business goal?
1: Oh yes. Oh yeah. So you you know, think about it. Um a lot of briefs hopefully mm-hmm. a lot of briefs out there have mm-hmm. um real audience insights. Yeah. think a lot of B2B has profiles of people's via oh, personas. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. personas. <laughs> yeah um, and they're like, oh this person wants to sell more. They want to beat the, you know, but yep. um they don't really have the emotion or the or the real human insight. So a uh I think brands need to check themselves and say, do I really have a brief that can actually be turn into this. If I don't, then I need to go back and really investigate my audience. Then the second thing is is uh, to say, okay, once I have that, what do I want? What do I want the person to feel along at the end of this journey? Yeah. And how I do it is I always write. I always uh, um, design up the first and the last box on a six-panel storyboard. I want to know that I want to know where they're starting and where they're ending. And then I and then and then I do the one in the middle, and then they fill in the pieces. Um,
0: Is it like a setting conflict like resolution, or not necessarily? <laughs>
1: well, it could be anything. I mean, it could be any, it could it could the story could be told in reverse because then you start thinking about cool yep. visual ways like memento style and others. Right, tell the story. Yeah, you might say, and then you start playing. What would it look like? If you know, I like using the what ifs, right? Yeah, you you create a storyboard and you're like, well, what would it look like if Willy Wonka told the story? what yeah. would it look like what would it look like if Storyteller
0: then, perspectives yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: and then another great tactic to get your team out of um th- with their they, like daily grind of what they do mm-hmm. is to then say what would it look like if a totally different industry told the story What would it look like if if oh. or if this brief was for l'oreal how would they tell the story what if this brief was for uh, astrazeneca with this brief for american express and just think about Right. different brands and I like, to, I like to take brands that are good storytellers like Nike and others but yeah and and that 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 pushes you um to be a good uh, to think different
0: I see and as part of these small standbacks that you mentioned do you, if you're planning you have this idea in your mind do you want to create this minimalist video do you give them any guidance on design at this point or you just uh, see what happens and then you provide feedback. <laughs>
1: um, well, if you have, if you have, a, if I have, I have a really strong team, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and so you don't have to give a, a, a lot of guidance upfront, mm-hmm. um, but it, you have to tell your management style to your team and where they're mm-hmm. at. So I guess I that's, that's the, the key. Um, but it's also I, driven
0: by the brand book, right? Also. Exactly. What-
1: Mm-hmm. exactly well if you're creating stuff that is outside of that then you're yep. you're just you're just making a bunch of stuff right um, but I would say that the one thing that I learned in year one at IBM mm-hmm. and uh, it was that train we went out and we did training enablement for everyone who's creative around the world so I traveled mm-hmm. like 22 countries met oh, wow. all, all, all the, the content people and creative people and helped say, here's our new briefs, our new process. Here's how to do great creative. Here's some visual storytelling techniques. We taught like six different right. frameworks. Yep. And the challenge was we did that, but then the rest of the marketing and the business didn't really demand or want that type of stuff. Mm. So what we should have done is brought the other marketers into those sessions to create the demand and the appreciation mm. for that type of storytelling so that they, they, they felt like they're part of it. And so the, the next, so the next year, we opened up our uh, our creative showcase, our trainings, and stuff that just to just any see. marketer, yep. so that anyone who wants to learn the craft can. Um, but you need to have that's all brilliant. The product, yeah, you need to have product marketing. Everyone kind of into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: otherwise, if you have a if you have a creative team just developing. Um, uh, you know, a, a whole mindset
0: you need to kind of uh, <clears throat> distribute and let people get into because it's, it's fairly new, you know, yeah. it's really crossing the lines from the entertainment world into marketing. And yeah, yep. yep.
1: So, yeah, I also think so. I went to um, it's, it's it's new, I guess, in the video world, but it's not new because if you think of the Mad Men era when the the, the win was a, a full page print ad or a billboard. Yeah, it was it was an image with maybe two or three words because people are driving by.
0: Exactly. Right? Yeah, the,
1: the classic one is the 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 lemon one from Volkswagen, right? The yep. Beetle. But it is. Um, so when I went to uh, Cannes a couple of years ago, I walked around the bill, the winners for a billboard and print and took pictures with my cell phone and brought that back to my team and did a festival of creativity showing them mm. the winners in that space and having them think about how we might apply that, those same similar tactics to what we did. So we did a whole hour long session on visual storytelling. Um, I, see. Lessons, I see. Lessons learned from, from those other uh, groups. I mean, and because those, the, those mm-hmm. the same tactics they had to use, the same smaller sandbox they had, right, led to great work. There's no reason why we can't apply that same s- sandbox to today.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah, so just to kind of, the uh visualize it in the minds of our audience a little bit, can you share maybe one or two example of uh, minimalist videos you're really proud of?
1: Yeah, well, I'll share first on the, just to go back on the the training aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. What we did when we went around the world, we showed uh, not IBM video or B2B video. We shared uh, a John Lewis ad, the hair and the bear. Okay. And it's their annual Christmas ad, but the first time they did it and show, showed the case study about how it impacted sales and everything else, mm-hmm. where most department stores are talking about discounts and sales yeah. and Black Friday, they did a completely uh, visual story without any words and no subtitles, no anything, uh, a, a bunny and a bear um, celebrating the Christmas moment.
0: Oh, I and
1: see. And uh, I urge everyone to go check that out. That was a great, that was powerful in bringing uh, people along in our journey. Yep. I also show people uh, Google's this year in search. I think it's really powerful um, because it takes, it has a great brief. It's great that looking at things people search for mm-hmm. and doesn't just look at the copy of what they typed in. It looks but for the why and the emotion behind it. Yeah, and so they get to great audience insights that then lead to a a great uh, visual story, right? And it's really search images over over a text box, but it's brilliant. And I urge people Mm -hmm. to do that. uh, Look at that. The other thing that uh, I just looked at actually uh, this week and and loved, Tim Urban did a TED Talk on procrastinators, Mm -hmm. and he talks about how are the brains of procrastinators different than non procrastinators? Like, why yeah. was one, one person more effective than the other? And he, look, he says, Well, I we actually got someone to do an MRI and visually scan my brains. Right. And instead of putting up on screen two scans of the MRIs, he, he has a doodle of a brain with like someone steering a ship in one, and then a doodle of a brain with a monkey <laughs> in the other. Yeah. All right. And then he uses doodles to bring to life, and the audience was laughing, engaged, and you remember it. Yeah, and so I bring that to, forward to people to share with because we we like to over expose, share. Oh yeah, yep. right. <laughs> if, it, if it was an MRI, would I remember it? So just not all visuals are the same, and don't we don't have to sh- show and tell every time, right? So he showed he he. I trust that he did the MRIs, but right. he actually showed. A different visual representation of what he thought, what he interpreted. It's as much player. more
0: accessible, I think, and simple to understand, and and it's fun. There's also the fun element, you know. It's almost like a, a kid's kind of scribbling on paper.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Um, I we experimented with this a lot in our client storytelling. Mm. So uh, there was there at, at IBM we have well all all. B two B exists on case studies. Yeah, here's here's what we did. Here's what it led to.
0: Yeah,
1: and I think everyone thinks that those are like the key to selling. And even if you look at um, RI metrics and stuff like that, they show that those are key. But I think that's true because we're really good at measuring those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't and and it doesn't mean just because they work that they work good enough that we can't be better. So uh what we did is started creating experimenting with different formats that 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 tell those Mm -hmm. stories what if the story was told via a pop-up storybook oh and (laughs) so we created one yeah we created one of those for bradesco how would you tell the whole bradesco which is a bank in south america client story via pop-up storybook stop and how would you tell uh the um the story of uh, an IoT company via uh, if it was if it was uh, using Willy Wonka chocolate factory analogies. Yeah, yeah, you know, and just trying those different visual tactics to see um, is there ways to actually make an existing medium that everyone thinks is good, but can you make it better? And that yeah, makes me. Awesome
0: remind me of the great example from last year you probably saw it you know Mailchimp you know the email marketing platform mm-hmm. did their annual reports in a cartoon mm-hmm. format which was incredible <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: you know you would expect that but it's came out amazing
1: right one of the things we did which i still uh, one of my favorite pieces over the last couple of years is um, for blockchain we had a mm-hmm. we had a product that um, that we were working with state governments and uh, insurance companies mm-hmm. with a platform to help mm-hmm. disaster relief, you know, help you get insurance payments after that. Right. We could. We, the original brief was to create a, a client story about this, like a minute and a half story mm-hmm. about what was happening and why it mattered. We went down and started uh, to Texas, to a place where this is being implemented and started mm-hmm. at, talking to people and finding out, Oh, we're, We're trying, working hard on this one town and this town and trying to figure out how to piece it together. And we found characters Mm -hmm. with stories behind it. And then we, and we turned into a 15 minute doc uh, called Bonds of Trust. Mm. And I still think, and we, one of our most, our best performing pieces of blockchain content. Um, But if you look at it, of the 15 minutes, there might be three, maybe four minutes of dialogue max. it's very emotive, close-ups, reflective, yeah. and visual, um, and and we get to meet characters, but we don't have to actually hear them say too much. And I, yeah. I think if you look at that as an example of um, getting getting more, making a, a more effective piece by using less words, uh, I, I, I like yeah, I'd to- love to
0: watch it. <laughs> yeah and, and one of the things that uh, when you think about minimalist video, I think to your point you said you start by kind of challenging your team to rethink the approach and see you know if you change the storyteller perspective you know a cartoon it might be a documentary might be a different brand would tell it how the story would change and as you go through that exercise, I believe, you know, you start coming up with solutions that then you can actually start uh, removing details that don't contribute to the story and make it tighter. Am I correct?
1: Yes, yes, but I think there are other aspects and such like um, some, the design team shouldn't be order takers and down mm-hmm. the funnel, right? They should be up the funnel and
0: pitching uh, ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah, even part of the brief process. Because what happens is there's a, a lot of times there's people who have a strategy team that works on getting to a great brief and they hand it to the creative team. But that waterfall approach um, mm-hmm. wastes time if the brief is useless to the creative team or if the creative right. team goes up the funnel and could help it get better input into what they actually need in the brief or push, push the brief in different places. So, um, I mm-hmm. think that the, the, the aspects of, uh, bringing design, you know, and uh, at IBM they always said good designs, good business. Right. Yeah. So, but so if you don't have the design part in the business, then, you're, then you're just, then you're not using design correctly. Right. Uh, is one aspect. And then the other thing I think that I made a conscious effort to do is hire different people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the agency world, you're rewarded for being good at your craft and kind of bravado and pitching. Yep. And I think what this leads to is a lot of the best introverts mm, who are yeah. maybe the best storytellers. That's an
0: interesting point. Yeah.
1: Don't get hired or advanced.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if you look at my team, I have probably more a more percentage of introverts than any other organization. In wow. <laughs> because they're reflective, they're thoughtful. Yep. You have to you have to uh, coach, train, and enable those people in a different way. Right. You can't snowball them on, on on you have to try to support them and try to give them space and and it's hard to do that in a company, as you know, like IBM. It's all about agility and speed, yep. and keep going, and product
0: launches. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. But I, if I would say to one thing out there, is like, um, I think recruiters working off a script of like, here's my profile, who I want, and yeah. then the ones that do really well on the uh, screening interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe we're screening out some of our best storytellers by leaving the introverts behind.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, personality diversity in the a, in a workforce is very important these days. So, yeah. So when you think about uh, you know creating those minimalist videos that really in the minimum of amount of uh, both, I would say, verbal text and visual objects can really communicate a, a powerful brand message. What type of uh, measurements do you use to track success? Is it more at the top of the funnel, kind of, tends to be more kind of a awareness plays or do you find them throughout the buyer's journey?
1: I think, I think it, it works throughout, it works right. throughout. Mm-hmm. I, I will say though, the uh, the hardest thing to do to get uh, right now is to get people to care mm-hmm. about anything. People will read anything, but yeah. to get them to actually care and change minds or perspectives, and I think, and so visual emotive storytelling does best at that uh, upper funnel for sure. Yeah, if I'm if I already am desi- if I already bought the thing and I need some post sale support, mm-hmm. then just give me the Craigslist style yep. product catalog yep. <laughs> support. Just give you know I don't need a exactly. Of, so where it can work best, yeah. But I Maybe it's like the
0: loyalty stage, you know, the, the last stage where people are super jazzed, you know, the happy customers. Yes. You can really arm them with those minimalist video where they can just kind of brag about the, their experiences.
1: Yeah, but I also, um, I pushed my team uh, to, because you you always need to delight your, even your customers. It, uh, and mm-hmm. so I pushed my team to say, Hey, when we have a 404 page error, how is it amazing? How's an nice. awesome, beautiful experience? How do I make people laugh and, yep. and versus being upset? So you now I was inspired by other companies that did that too, but there's just, I, I would look at uh, every little touch point and say like, mm-hmm. how do I make this, how do I make this better? Um, yep. And because often what happens is people spend all their time up funnel on making the the, that stuff looked great. And then sometimes when you get to big companies like IBM and others, we'll have completely different teams creating the stuff down Yeah, path. it's
0: more transactional, more salesy.
1: Yep. And they're not they're not as skilled in the craft sometimes. Yeah. And I even moved on to look at our chat box. So when you go to a, like our e-commerce site and you want to start chatting and getting help. Yeah. Go through that experience on some of your websites and see if that is a good experience. Um, oh, yeah. Or if it was all written by salespeople or or support people, and is it how how visual engaging is it, um, and how human is the messaging? Um, but there's nothing better to than to uh, work in some visuals into th- those aspects as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Before we dr- uh, close, you know, I want to since we are in a very challenging times, you know, on so many aspects, climate change, pandemic, <laughs> when you look at uh, the business of visual storytelling, where do you see it's headed? You know, so far, we've seen several models emerge, you know, the brand is a newsroom brand is a film studio brand as a media company. Where, where do you think it's all headed?
1: <laughs> well, I think, um, any brand who follows their competitors or just whatever an industry is moving is going to do the wrong thing unless they're lucky. Uh, mm-hmm. Not every brand should be a newsroom, but some should. Yeah. Not every brand should build a studio, but some should. Yeah, There's brands like REI launched a, launch a studio, right? Yep. But they're an outdoor adventure... Yeah. It makes sense. for
0: Patagonia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the, uh, the right model, is, this is why if you're going to, if people are hiring a, a leader to lead these things and just assume mm-hmm. that because they did thing in one place, it's copy another place. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the wrong kind of leader. You need yeah. to have a leader who tailors their approach to what they do. So um, that's a, that's a tough question. I will say that the, it, it, the great thing about business and creative is while there is a lot of copying that's un- unfortunate, there's also a lot of survival of the fittest. So yep. whatever, whatever model is gonna emerge and win, it'll be- uh, Come from the
0: big brands.
1: Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll evolve to where it is. And I think the smaller um, startup brands will innovate it and the big brands will scale it, copy mm-hmm. and scale it. Um, yep. But the best big brands out there right now are the ones who are leading. And look at, look at Salesforce. It's an amazing
0: story. Yeah. I was reading about it.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Salesforce launching Salesforce plus I worked with John Awada, who was my CMO Mm -hmm. four years ago. We had Mm -hmm. that same vision for Mm -hmm.
0: IBM. For streaming services. For those of of you who have not heard the news.
1: Right. 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 But it's, it's, it's hard for big companies um, to you know, quarterly sales goals and all these other things. These things so we, they can take more of those yep. risks, or get a CEO who's 100% behind these things, like Salesforce did, and then you could just execute them and go. Um, yep. And that's how I think big companies are gonna are gonna compete and win against the smaller, more innovative players.
0: No, absolutely. No, I think it's, it's really amazing times. Not only that, you know, with the pandemic, post pandemic, I think uh, we'll see also interesting uh, programs, experiments that use virtual and remote teams to create amazing stories. That's another angle that I think right. will play an important role.
1: Well, yeah. that's a great point. We just wrapped um, a, a, uh, Reality TV show that we're trying to sell to Netflix and others, mm-hmm. and it was shot entirely during the pandemic and with an entirely remote uh, team. Yeah, and if I would have done this before the pandemic, it probably would have cost me three times as much because it would have used like an uh, LA-based <laughs> team. Oh, you know, like, but now we can get the like the, the a team in Brazil or you can um, find great talent everywhere. Yeah, and it's much more, it can work within almost any type of budget. So the constraints of uh, cost are being reduced, not just technology innovation, but because of the ability now to staff anywhere. So I think it's I think it's going to create open a lot of doors for people.
0: Yeah, it's almost like those uh, music ensembles you see you know, during the pandemic people playing uh, different instruments from different parts of the, the world. So
1: <laughs> yep. it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. So to kind of wrap up, uh, what would you say like your top 3 tips for anyone who wants to start creating some really meaningful uh, video, Minimox
1: videos? Yeah, try to try to try to do it. Uh, create a storyboard without any words, just all of the emotional journey and the visual yeah. journey. Uh, bring different people to the table versus yeah. the, the same creators use all the time, and see see what they come up with. Um, and uh, you know, have fun at it. And I think that we're, this is supposed to be one of the most uh, fun creative fields. Yep. and so i think fun unlocks creativity and for sure our, and that will just kind of make it make it work
0: brilliant thank you so much george i really had amazing time you know chatting with you and if anyone has any questions for you how they can reach out
1: yep just message me on linkedin and i'm happy to answer any questions uh about anything <laughs> awesome.
0: Thank you so much again, George. This has been incredible. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. And all of you watching or listening, you know, see you in the next episode of Visual Storytelling Today podcast. Thank you.
1: Visual Storytelling Today is recorded in Miami, Florida. The show is published exclusively by Visual Storytelling Institute. Learn more at visualstorytell.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes Store. Until next time, Don't let your big story wait to be told.